Good evening, Vancouver. It's been two weeks since the start of the season, and everything's gone wrong. But at least we're here. Kill the sad music. <laughs> Welcome back to Canucks After Dark. That's like always. sad Asian music. Uh, it was, it was, it's one of the, the eight music options we have here. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark. As always, joined by my co-host, Canuck oh. Clay, here to cheer on the 05 and 2 Canucks. How are you doing today, Clay? I'm I'm beat up, man. You can you can hear my voice. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I lost my voice. Busy work weekend. Then I was cheering the boys on so badly. I know we were both at the game. We can we can share our in-person reflections. Yeah, I, I'm beat up. Uh, mentally, I'm fine. Physically, actually, I'm okay. The rest of my body, but my not feeling the best up here. But I'll I'll plug through just like the Canucks are gonna have to plug through. Uh, how about you, man? How about yeah, you? Yeah, I I mean I, I I feel like maybe it's my fault. You know, the I've been to I, I've been to how many games? Four at this point. And, and I did I hear you say you're just, going to Seattle as well? I'm uh, I'm on the way to Seattle on Thursday. Wow, um, doing a little boys trip uh, for the Canucks and the Seahawks games. Oh man, and, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, just more pain in store, really. <laughs> uh, except for the Seahawks, apparently. But that's sort of a different. That's Seahawks after dark, different show. Yeah. Who would have thought they'd be better? Um, yeah, that's crazy. Not me. Um, but, man, we're talking about a team tonight that just keeps finding new ways to disappoint. Um, highlight of last night, it was Diwali night. That was fun. It was great. Uh, and everything else was miserable. Yeah, we were texting each other throughout the game, um, trying to see each. Yeah, you saw me. Uh, I think the closest thing that I got to cheer about was I almost won a free shirt. Oh, so did I. Yeah, I had oh. one. I had one. They were throwing him in our section. It went yep, off yep. the guy in front of me's arm and oh. fell into the guy next to me's lap. Oh, the guy right next to you. Yeah, and then you yeah. got close. I saw. I saw. I watched it happen. <laughs> yeah, wasn't so you can you can call me out if I'm lying. Basically, I had two opportunities. One went uh, in front of me. The guy in front of me got it. One went behind me. The guy behind me got it. So yes, you can't get any closer. It basically, made a clay sandwich with the winners. That was great. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, I don't even know what we're gonna do here. We've got. We literally said last week, we weren't. Do, we said jokingly, obviously, uh, that then we're not doing another show until the Canucks win, <laughs> and that didn't happen. Uh, but we are still here. But you did. I think you did jinx it last night because you did text me uh, after the second period saying, I, I "Are did. you ready to see a game-winning goal on our side of the yeah, ice?" Which is we were both. Yeah, we both and I was that. and I was thinking in my head, I'm like, great, now Carolina's going to win it in overtime uh, after they swap. But no, yeah. they Carolina just, just scored two in the third period, and it didn't matter. Um, yeah. So it's probably your fault. Okay, I'll, I'll accept some responsibility. I'm not the guy who's gone to four games of the sevens, but uh, you know, <laughs> hey, I wasn't at three of them. <laughs> but, so, so here's the thing, I know we, I know we got lots to talk about, but the the one thing though, I, and I love to hear this from your perspective, being at both. I was actually, uh, hear, hear me out here. I was actually surprised that the fans were actually not as bad last night as I thought they would be or I heard and saw on Saturday night. But then I realized, I think, I actually think Canucks fans are pretty smart and they realize that Buffalo is a team we should at least play and not lose by four. I, I get this different. Whereas yesterday, it was a team that you could argue is one of the top three teams in the East. And we hung, and I, I know we got badly outplayed, but at least the score sh said we were only down by one. So it was different. I guess it was different circumstances. The only time I heard booing Parker was right at the, the final horn when they were. Very end, yeah. yeah, but the, even after Carolina scored twice in 37 seconds, there actually wasn't any booing, at least that I heard right after that. Yeah, and I think the game was close enough. Like if we if we go back to the Buffalo game, I, mm. I think the Canucks, the Canucks were. It was a, a game where that the Canucks were in, and then it felt like they really quit. Okay, and it was and like the whole like the crowd was just frustrated. We're like, really, we're doing this. Like we're we're actually just quitting, uh, in a game that's like the one that we're supposed to have a shot to win at, uh, and frustration just took over. Yeah. Um, and last night was much more of. Going into the third period, I don't think many people were expecting the Canucks to pull this one out because right. you think most of the boos in that, that Buffalo game happened in the third period. And coming yep. into the third yep. period of this Carolina game, uh, the Canucks were getting badly outplayed, uh, badly outshot. Um, they were worse in the third period, but I think the fact that Carolina basically you know, put the Canucks down that early 
right? Like they, they ended the game pretty quickly into the third period. They basically said, yep, here's two goals. It's now likely out of your reach. Everything just deflated, yeah. right? There was no anxiousness. There was no, oh, I hope they can pull this one out. It was like, ah, well, whatever, right? It was, it was more apathy than it was frustration at that point. That's fair. Actually, you make some really good points there. The other one I was going to say is it's almost like Carolina tried for like three minutes at the start of the third period and did what they had to do. And then it's kind of cruise control after that. Yeah, it's what the it's what the 2011 Canucks did, right? During right. The regular season, they would let teams hang in with them. They'd go into the third period up one or tied or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They'd go, they'd work hard for eight minutes. They'd take a two-goal lead and they'd just coast. Because yeah, good yeah. teams, like really good teams, can do that. The problem yeah. is, we were told that the Canucks should at least be able to hang with these teams. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and yeah. this is, and and last night was a night for them to, you know, maybe show, hey, yeah, we've been throwing games and and blowing leads and all this stuff, um, but hey, we can at least still hang with the good teams, and maybe we're, we weren't a complete pretender coming into this season, yeah. uh, but going into that game and, and getting outshot basically three to one, uh, getting outplayed. Um, just handily up and down the ice by the Hurricanes, it, it showed that it, they're they're not in, in the same class. And to me, it really puts to rest the idea of, hey, you just got to make the playoffs and you have a shot. Yeah, you're going to go up against a team like Carolina and and beat them four times out of seven. A, a team that's outplaying you that bad, probably not. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. And then, yeah, it just shows that, I wouldn't say we're a pretender, but we're definitely not a contender. So it shows the difference between the contenders and pretenders and even yeah you look at the score and if someone didn't watch the game they say oh you know it's three two and we had a chance to come back but no we didn't really have many chances to come back <laughs> yeah also they didn't play sweet caroline last night they learned from that uh -huh. mistake uh of saturday because that was uh that was yeah, a disaster what happened there uh so the the booze were already going and then like it's like five or it's three one uh <laughs> buffalo and the canucks just seem out of it and then, like, yeah, three or four minutes to go on that last commercial break. They dropped Sweet Caroline. And people, instead of the bop, 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 yeah, yeah. They, they dropped booze in there instead. And it was oh. fantastic. It was a beautiful, coordinated effort from the crowd. Oh. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really a – it was telling the DJ, like, hey, there is a time and a place. Yeah. And, and many people argue there isn't a time and a pla uh, place for Sweet Caroline. Um, but – they were t they were told this is not the time or place because there are no t uh, no good times right now. Did you partake? Be honest. A little bit. I did. Yeah. So you went, I was boo, frustrated. Boo, boo. Yeah. That's what you did. <laughs> I, I was frustrated. It was. It's just. It sort of all came to a head. Right. It was their home opener. It was against Buffalo. Like yeah, Buffalo yeah. is looking like a good up and coming team because sure. they had you know a real rebuild. Yep. And, and they're looking like a like a fun a fun team. Um, but that was supposed to be the game, you know, home opener. Canucks should have all the energy, and they were just flat. And and you know, it, they look they look like they've given up already. Oh well, I guess we don't have to go in order. We'll just keep talking about this game and going backwards, then and then before we look ahead. So, uh, what else? So, JT Miller. So, what did you think of JT Miller on the wing? I I, I so if, if you guys haven't watched Parker's post, so go check out both of our post games because it was kind of cool because we were both at the game. Parker gets home. He does 13 minutes sitting on his floor. I don't know what he was doing. Well, I do know what he's doing. It was actually pretty good. And then I had my son Sean on with me, which was kind of a nice break for me. And uh, people were, were talking about how much we look and sound alike. And Sean was not happy today. But that's another story. Uh, Parker, you're on your ground, and uh, you did say, you know, JT Miller, two goal, uh, two yeah, two goals all, and he's playing on the wing. What'd you think? Yeah, I think I I I don't think he's cut out for like I, I don't I just don't think he's really a. a a centerman like yeah. from what we've seen like yeah he can put up points uh, and good enough players will will put up points but as a centerman you have a ton of defensive responsibility <laughs> on the wing your life is easy like right right like right. I, i'll go play you know beer league center and i will be dead after a game but i'll play wing and i'm ready to go again like it's, wow it's the because if you think about it i mean if you're playing the wing you're playing really aggressive in the offensive zone maybe you're the first forward in your f1 you're you're four checking right yep, or yep. you're the second winger you're just trying to support maybe you're going to the net and letting the center go help and then puck goes the other way centerman's got to hustle back because his job is to pick up the trailer or whoever the the first forward available is but if one of the wingers is for sure just sort of sticking with the defenseman on the other team right you're coasting most of the way right. you're skating half speed 
where, where the centerman's got to come back, they might have to go help in a corner battle. They might have to go push a guy in front of the net, right? Try to win a physical battle. It's a much harder position. And it's a much more important position, which is why wingers have much less value in the NHL. And uh, I think when a guy is struggling as much as they are at this point, like JT Miller is, I think you got to just simplify things as much as possible and right. say, hey, we're going to take half your responsibilities away. <laughs> You're going to go out there. Your job is to win the occasional puck battle, cover a D-man, and, and try to score a couple of goals. And that's what mm. he did. Was he amazing last night? No. I mean, his first goal was a tap-in, and his second one was a was a lucky bounce off yeah. of Kakenemi's face, and then a great <laughs> shot. And, and you can't take anything away from the shot. But, I mean, those are two just quick instantaneous moments that were both kind of fluky um, that, you know, he was definitely better last night. Trend is going in the right direction, but it needs to go farther in that direction. Yeah. I think a great point about not having to skate as much. I think Miller even said right out after the game that it frees him up, whatever that means, maybe frees him up from playing defense, but uh, yeah, at least, you know, he's, he's got a good finish. No one's ever questioned his finish, his offensive skills, his, his hockey IQ, quite frankly, it's just effort on the defensive end that sometimes we, we worry about, we, we fret about, and sometimes we say, man, we're going to have seven more years of this after this. So Miller gets on the score sheet. I thought Petey was okay, too. Uh, I, I thought he tried hard. That that line with the two young guys of Hoglander and Pod Colson, just, uh, they, they had some jump. They, were, they did that double hit in our corner. Yep. That was pretty cool, but uh, couldn't finish, couldn't finish. Yeah, I, I think Pedersen played another good game. Uh, yeah. he there was that Mark Spector tweet from this morning that got a lot of play, um, just a lot of hate from everyone because he was just blaming Pedersen for that Ajo goal. It's like, sure, maybe he should have picked up the trailer, but also maybe there shouldn't be a rebound right there uh, yeah. with a wide open net. Um, yeah, yeah. Pedersen continues to be the best player on the team, uh, especially yep. without Quinn Hughes in the lineup. Uh, even last night, he doesn't. Uh, maybe he gets. Did he get a second assist on one of the goals on the he first did. goal? He yeah. did, yeah. So he technically gets a point, even though, you know, pretty, you know, unimpactful there. But, you know, I, I genuinely think he's continuously been the best player on the team, which is what this team needs other than wins, yeah. apparently. Um, so, yeah, I, I did like Pedersen's game a lot. And we knew it was going to be t- – actually, no, we'll, we'll, uh, before I talk about the D, let's continue down the forwards. Uh, three other thoughts. I thought Garland was very, very ineffective. I also thought that the fourth line – the fourth line of Lazar uh, – Dakota Joshua and uh, Pearson was great until Joshua unfortunately took that penalty, but they were they were playing really well. Yeah, I don't even remember the specifics of that penalty interference um, uh, along the oh, along the bench yeah. along the bench side, and they scored yeah. right. Yeah, I didn't, pretty, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a great angle. I didn't love the call, but I'm looking yeah. at it at the at the jumbotron from that far away, where sure. you know my my view is like ah, he sort of went a little more aggressive than he needed to, and they called yeah. him for it. Um, But I like the physicality, right? That's something that he needs to bring. But yeah, uh, you can't be taking penalties against that team. Yeah. uh, As they showed, especially that that first power play goal. It's ridiculous. I mean, it it really showed. That goal and then the McDavid. uh, Was it McDavid who scored in the first Oilers game? It was someone. Someone who scored the first power play goal for the Oilers in the first game of the season where they just immediately pick the Canucks defense apart. They have a wide open net and they score. Yeah. Uh, That shouldn't happen. Especially yes. it shouldn't happen when your penalty kills clicking at about 50%. Yep. Which I don't know exactly what the number is, but man, it's got to be close to that. I think it's they did good. kill. Did they kill two penalties last night? Yep. Uh, the two in the second then. period, back to back. It was good. Yeah. Actually, actually, I thought gave us some momentum heading into intermission, which the, the Hurricanes quickly stamped out. Uh, by the way, Coach Rob, like happened like right at the start of the stream. Thank you for gifting a Canucks After Dark membership. It went to Jaskaran, your, your number one fan, Parker. So Jaskaran is now an official member of Canucks After Dark. So thanks to both of you. Thank you, Rob. Much appreciated. Third line, I thought struggled. Uh, the line centered by um, it was uh, Oman, it was Kuzmenko and Garland. I don't think they did much. And yeah. can McKay do something, please? Like I, I know he's coming off a, a probably a knee twist or whatever, but uh, I want to see some of what he's supposed to bring in that speed. Yeah, let's start with that third line. Um, yeah, I have no problem with Niels Oman and the way he played because he is being thrust into a third line role as a guy who wasn't supposed to make the team. <laughs> uh, and I think he was okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Garland had a couple of nice spins that I noticed. <laughs> Cause I remember pointing out to one of my friends who doesn't come to many games or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. follow the team as much saying that guy loves to spin and he does a really good job of it. Um, That's awesome. Other than that, I mean, yeah, not, not much uh, noticing on, on any of those three. Yeah, uh, how much did they play last night? It couldn't have been a it couldn't have been a ton. 
No. I wonder if they played less than the the so-called fourth line because it it really seemed. Actually, I have it here. Garland played thirteen. Uh, Kuzmenko played twelve. And, and what Oman did like Lazar? 11. What did Lazar and Pearson get? Yeah, Lazar got eleven. Pearson got twelve. So the third and fourth so line basically all got basically the same. The same. Yeah. yeah, you got it. Um, and that's about how it felt. Uh, yeah, as for Mikheyev though, um, yeah, didn't really see much. Uh, Mikheyev sort of excels in open ice, and they're. Yep. Carolina is a team that gives you none. Oh, like they're they so good. Give, they are so quick to pressure you on the puck. They're so aggressive. There's just no room uh, unless you're able to get the puck by someone, and then that's a time where Mikheyev might excel. But, yeah, uh, really just nothing nothing to stand out um, in last night's game. You know, I was I'm, I have our stream up on a different computer, and I was wondering, oh, gosh, my internet connection must be bad, or maybe our stream quality is bad. Then I realized I was watching at 144p. <laughs> yeah, that's that will make it look bad. Yeah. <laughs> but not as Yeah, okay. So let's move on to the D. We knew we were in trouble when we were missing. We already knew that Dermot is still recovering. We already know that Pullman, unfortunately, back to injured reserve. And then Quinn Hughes, so that's arguably three of our top six. That's that's not good. Yeah, that is that is <laughs> at least two NHL defensemen there. Right. Um, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you look at this, you look at this Canucks roster and and you have two bona fide NHL defensemen in yep. Ekman Larson and Myers playing. Yep. I imagine they played like twenty five minutes last night. I didn't check. Yep. Um you have uh Jack Rathbone who has played a a literal handful of NHL games. Our favorite uh, our favorite Jack Rathbone. Yeah. yeah, and I think he was good last night. I, was... I you know he his skating's really good. Oh, yeah. uh, I noticed him like behind the Canucks net making little moves that yep. look nice. Um, playing with Kyle Burrows, who I think has uh, carved out himself a nice like third pairing defenseman role. But I mean, a year ago, no one knew who he was. Yeah. Um, and then you have Guillaume Brisebois, who <laughs> most people, if if you had asked me at the beginning of the season, is Brisebois still in the system? Yeah. I would have had a fifty fifty shot. Yeah. Because I, just, I wasn't keeping yeah. track. He was actually quite good last night. I thought he was fine. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. he's paired with Luke Shen, who was struggling to stay in the NHL just two years ago and has again sort of carved out a, a good third pairing role. So the Canucks had, Great. in my opinion, two second pairing defensemen, three third pairing defensemen, <laughs> and an AHL defenseman in Guillaume Brisebois. Yeah. And Brisebois played well last night. No, nothing against him, but he is an AHL defenseman. Yeah. Um, the Canucks, do they have the worst defense in the NHL right now? I, they have to, right? Maybe the Panthers are similar. I know they have a pretty bad defense. Um, but, man, it's 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 got to be close. What do the Panthers have? They have <laughs> – okay, they're not great. Uh, they have Forsling and Montour as their first pair. Oh. Um, they have Mahura and Gudis as their second pair. And Bless Mark you. Stahl – and Matt Kierstead as their third pair. So well, I'm who's saying, this? Great question. And Panthers fans would say, what? who is Guillaume Brisebois? So I, I think it's, you know, he was also a call-up. So, I, you know, Whoa. Florida and Vancouver, pretty similar uh, defensive pairs, but you might argue that uh, Florida is a little bit of a better team right now. Well, I, that's amazing that Florida, actually, I don't know how well they're doing this year, but that's amazing that that's their D. Well, obviously, yeah. Ekblad being hurt doesn't doesn't help them. Yeah, they're four two and one. They're doing okay. great. They're they're fine. They're fine. We're not fine. Demko was fine. That was easily his best game of the year. Absolutely his best game. Yeah, three yeah. goals against on thirty nine shots. Uh, you know that one goal I'd like to have back. Uh, that second one. Goal, yeah, yeah. Where he just sort of took it to the corner and the puck wasn't there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it was his best game. But I mean, the, it's it's crazy. This the numbers of third periods. Like the Canucks have now been outscored. Was it fifteen to two? Yeah, awesome. Uh, Seventeen to two, if you include overtimes. Great. Um, you take away third periods, the Canucks have a positive goal differential. Yeah, we're right? the best. You, yeah. you take away third period and overtime, the Canucks have a plus one goal differential, uh, and have a couple of wins under their belt. Um, I don't get it. Like I don't understand how you can have such a drastic change in the second intermission. Like what is happening in the dressing room at the second intermission that is completely tanking this team yeah um yeah it's unreal well on saturday what's happening in second admission is shannon miller fighting so <laughs> the, well so, maybe that might help tell me what you thought about the two weird goals the one that was called back 
and the one that was allowed last night. Okay. Again, I, I, I'm seeing them mainly on the Jumbotron. Right. Uh, and from kind of far away, because that was the upper bowl on the other side of where both of those happened. Yeah. Um, the first one, which was the goalie interference call, to me, it looked like Stastny was sort of on the post and it prevented Demko from getting the pad over there. Now, mm-hmm. I heard after that that wasn't actually why it was called interference. It was like the initial contact, which is weird to me because it did seem like maybe that second part was goalie interference. I thought it was a bad challenge from, from Brendan Moore, honestly. And again, I didn't have a great angle, but to me, I, I was like, I can see why they call it goalie interference. They're probably not going to change it. Um, yeah. That second one that was that kick, again, kind of in the same boat. I don't think I'd challenge it. Not that it's challengeable. It gets reviewed. Um, but it's one of those ones where the guy clearly does one of these. Yeah. But was it more egregious than the Blake Coleman one from the playoffs last year? Right. Oh, no, it was probably pretty similar. And, and that one got called a goal. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's tough. That was tricky because I'm not a soccer player. And so and I, I'm not I play hockey, but I. I'm not much of a hockey player. So I don't know, Parker, you could tell me, especially I don't play ice. I, I guess you could argue that's a natural motion. Sure, it looks like he turned his leg to direct it, but you're also Which trying not allowed. to ramp. Yeah, okay, that's good. As long as you're not distinctly kicking, then yeah. okay, that, that, that makes the argument already for me then. Yeah, okay. so you are allowed You are allowed to angle your skate and put it in the right spot and yep. turn it to, to make it go the right way. It's, the, it's like the kick, you know? And again, that's kind of hard because he did kind of do one of these, so yeah. it's like moving, but it's like moving. But he's also not trying leg. to run into the he's post. Not yeah. like, he's, he's moving his leg. He's not like swinging his right. leg. So right. again, it's one of those ones I don't think there's enough to, to overturn it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't hate that they kept that a goal. Yeah, the way you explain it, you explain it well, because I was, I was just going to finish saying that, yeah, even though he turned his leg or whatever, he's also trying to stop a little bit and not uh, ram himself in the post. So I get that's a bit of a hockey motion too. Yeah, he's not trying yeah. to he's not trying to kick this thing bar down like he basically did, right? Yeah, like yeah, maybe yeah. he's trying to direct it on net for a rebound or something. Right. But you know, the result was a lot better than than I'm sure he anticipated. <laughs> wow, there's a hundred and five of you in here. Misery indeed loves company. So thank you for being here on our non regular night too. Sometimes. We don't worry. Parker and I never worry, but uh, you never know. We haven't done a Monday show in a couple of weeks, it feels like, because of the travel and schedule. So thank you for being here. Next Monday's yeah. Halloween. Do you go out and dress up? Should we dress up like Canucks fans uh, I'll or be, what? I'll be getting back from Seattle that day, so I, I will probably be too tired to go out for Halloween. Okay. So, uh, do we do our show that night? I, yeah, I, we didn't talk, We didn't get a chance to talk about it because I just showed we'll up. We'll see. We're still we'll my bowling jersey, obviously. Okay, okay. All right. Have we dissected enough about this last night's game? Sure. I mean, but what else is there to talk about? <laughs> well, well, I, what we could do, we could go backwards quickly and do very quick reflections on Buffalo and Minnesota because those are the other two games since we last met. And then really, we could talk a bit about what we think might happen first. I don't know. That's that's something we could talk about. Yeah, we can go back in time. Yeah, because um, you were at the Buffalo game. I want to hear your impression. How was the intro? I didn't see it. <laughs> I got there late. Uh, we, we, well, at least you're I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a fun story if, as long sure. as the, the pint doesn't want to sponsor us in the future. Uh, oh. it took about an hour and a half for us to get our wings, uh, before oh. the game. So we got in the door right at uh, puck drop basically. Um, so, uh, yeah, missed all the intro. Did Should, you end uh, up seeing the, uh, did you end up seeing the opener? Did you, have you watched it yet? Nope. I oh. haven't, I haven't ready. I, I had the okay. tab open and then I closed it and I never got to it. It's shot very. I won't spoil anything. It's shot very well. Obviously, they 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 spare no expense in the way they shoot it. Story not as easy to follow as I say last year's. But I'll, I'll let you. Uh, I'll, is there I'll is there is there a kid shrieking? No, there's, okay. there's 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 not a kid shrieking. But so basically, it's the sec- my section. Yeah, yeah, it's an yeah. upgrade that way. There's a famous actress in it. Did you know that? Yes. yes. Okay, so Robin's you know about in that. There. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's cool. There's more Canucks players actually than just the five or six that were featured last year. But um. Uh, maybe I'm not into like any so type of what, what happens if half the team gets traded? What do they do to that video? Uh, they start like blurring out faces. I think. <laughs> yeah. They just start cutting things. It's, it's only, it's a 10 second video before every game now, or they just put a big, yeah, big blur. Like when you're trying yeah. to protect someone's identity, that'll go over really well. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure people won't be quick to jump on that. 
Okay, uh, your reaction. We don't have to go through every single goal of that one because there's only one Canucks one. Your reaction, though, uh, to the crowd, uh, you, you kind of hinted at it already, but did you feel uncomfortable at all? Did you think it was funny? Did you think it was sad? Like, I, I thought it was entirely valid. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was I was honestly, like, the booing was going on. I was joining in a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, the the jersey went on the ice. The first one was kind of, like, in front of me, um, over to the left a bit, and I was like, oh, oh. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, this is this is like it's it's not it's not six games, right? Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, six games in, that's kind of harsh. I was like, no, but it's not six games, right? This is a this is a culmination of the last you know bunch of years, basically, where <laughs> nothing has gotten better, and and the when we finally they always give us that little bit of hope, and then you know it we get this and. Again, if the if the Canucks had if it was more like you know the first games where they were, you know, playing pretty well to start and and the other team maybe battles back, but the Canucks are still putting a good effort and that's one thing. But they were just flat. Like there was no life whatsoever in the Canucks team, and it was like, okay, well you've quit on us, yeah, right. You've quit on the fans. We're not going to be you know very forgiving. Right. And I, I think it was pretty valid. Is that a Bujo problem to you, or is that a player problem? I don't know. I never know what is a coach's fault. Because uh, to me, it's clearly the players that are the ones that aren't working harder. But isn't that also part of the coach's job to make sure that that does happen? Yeah. Um, but again, like, I mean, coach can only do so much. Um, right. And I mean, Bruce himself said, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist. Maybe they need to get the sports psychologist in there, you know, get the get the sleep guy in back in there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's something just broken with the team. So let's talk about rebuild after after we get through the three games. So I think that's that's a perfect topic to, to carry the second half of the show. But Jim Rutherford was on after hours. And did you hear that part where he said, he he misunderstood that Boudreaux was actually signed for a second year. Did you hear that? That seems so impossible to me. But you heard him say that. That was yeah, him say no, it, right? I, yeah, I got it. it. But it doesn't make any sense, right? right? It's like, what would he not have looked at, like the contract before? Like, it just seems like one of those basic things of like a question of like, okay, yeah, and I I will get to hire my own coach, right? And I, what yeah. Aquilini's been like, no, actually, right. you know, we we have Boudreaux for another year. Sure. Um, it's just it it was it was weird that it was that's even possible. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I found that very strange for a guy who's purportedly as smart as Rutherford is. But then for him to then basically say we're we're kind of stuck with Boudreaux. He didn't use those words, but in essence, he was saying that. And then he he went on to say we have a lot of bad habits. We 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 don't have time to list all the problems, bad habits, no structure. When you talk about that, that's a coaching thing. So needless to say, I, I think Boudreaux may not be Jim Rutherford's first choice. No. Um, and again, uh, everyone wants to hire their own guy, right? Yep. That's, that's just how this goes. And especially someone, you know, as old as Rutherford, right? Like how long, how long of a gig is he picking this up to be, right? Is he, is he in this for the next 10 years? Was that his plan? I kind of doubt it, right? I feel yep. like he, he came into this thing like, all right, I'm going to take this team that's, you know, kind of in the middle and on the bubble, and I'm going to make the moves necessary to take this team to the next level. And then this happens and and you know everything kind of kind of falls apart but i mean part of that would be you know hiring your own coach and again it's not really his coach to hire it's it's kind yeah. of alvin's coach to hire and it's, it is such a weird dynamic that uh so much is put in rutherford's hands other than alvin's just because i guess alvin is so quiet and behind the scenes right um but yeah it's it seems like one of those things where it's an it's an inevitability that boudreaux will not be here next year and yes. There's the whole, okay, well, how many coaches does Francesco want to pay for? Yeah. And we're getting to the point where it's like, well, I mean, how many people do you want to buy tickets to the last half of the season, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, where's the where's the balance there? Sure. All good points. So, all right, let's move backwards from Buffalo in the Minnesota game, which seems like ages ago, but the Minnesota game was the last game, game number five of the Canucks setting this record of blowing multi-goal lead. So at least the last two games – well, maybe it's not good that they haven't led, so they can't blow a multiple goal uh, lead. But this is why, yeah, they were up uh, 3-2 going in the third. Then Zuccarello scores that power play goal. That was a really nice play. Uh, I would love Demko to get that, but I, I get that's a really nice deflection. And then that crazy overtime that Miller was out there, Meyer takes a penalty, and then Demko's basically flopping. Not It's not his fault, but 
backwards trying to make the save on Kaprizov. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that I I don't I have nothing to even add on this game. Uh, like it was so long ago that I've blocked it out. Yeah. Um, it was. Yeah. It's just one of the five bad games at the start of the year. One right. of the seven now. Um, that I, I genuinely remember nothing from this game. Okay, and we don't have to talk about it too much. <laughs> so, like, actually, I do. I remember uh, Oman's goal was a sick play from Joshua. Yeah. Uh, and Joshua's goal at the end was nice. Uh, yeah. The three-two goal. Uh, that's it. That's fair. I remember being very upset about that one too. Okay, that's fine. Should we look ahead? Sure. Let's look ahead. Only Let's two games ahead. on the calendar if we do a show next Monday. Right. And they're back-to-backs, so we get a little Spencer Martin action. Yeah. Uh, Which one? Seattle, you think? It's got to be Seattle. Mm, no. Does it? I guess it could be. I always I always think you play the starter in the first game, but, you know, if you're looking at it, well, the Kraken are a worse team than Pittsburgh. Yeah. The home game is on the Friday. The yep. second of the back-to-back. So I can see why you'd go Demko. My yeah. argument would be Demko's probably the better goalie, even though he hasn't really shown it this year, other than the last game. You desperately need a win. Play the better goalie. You're more likely to beat the Kraken than you are the Penguins. Yeah. Would you rather have a you know a 40% chance to win each, or would you rather have a 60% chance to win one and a 0% chance to win the other? Right. And again, those aren't the actual numbers, right? Maybe it's like 63. Right. But I, I feel like do you, I feel like you just go all in on this cracking game so you're not 0 and 8. And then if you lose to the Penguins, whatever, you lose to the Penguins. <laughs> I guess that's a, actually, that's a very fair theory. I, I've always just gone with weaker goalie, better goalie, but weaker team, better team, I should say. But that actually makes a lot of sense. Hmm. Yeah. And then you look ahead at the schedule, like New Jersey, Anaheim, Nashville, all at home after that. And they're all every second night so you could ride Demko for all three of those and they're all beatable teams Canucks win the next five yeah they haven't they won could go one f- but maybe they could run the table here they could win so the next you, six so are you saying in two weeks from now on our November 7th show we're going to be talking about a team that's 5-5-2 five, five, and two? they could also be 0-12 and or 0-10-2 and, and, and I, I think both are about equally likely man Imagine if we got to five, five, and two. That would be oh, great. No, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I think what? it's just because it's just gonna be pain. Because they're just gonna, they're gonna, be, then they're gonna be five, eight, and two, <laughs> and then we're gonna be, we're gonna be, oh, here we are again. But oh, they're only actually six points out of a playoff spot, and there's still like sixty games to go, which is true. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, sure, it would be nice if they somehow pulled it out. But man, yeah. at this point, it, it really feels like. You know, we're they're on a twenty-three point pace. Yeah, I saw when you when you said that in your vlog, that was pretty like, funny and very like, sad. That's that's so bad. Do you already have your eyes set on a certain player from here for next year? No, okay. Because so again, it, why why get my hopes up? Yeah. Why why would I do that to myself? They're 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 one. They're never winning a lottery, <laughs> right? Their odds of winning the lottery are the same as mine. Um. They are going to win a bunch of games late in the season, most likely, as they always yeah. do. Even yeah. if they're bad enough all year, they're going to finish like 22nd and they're gonna <laughs> pick 11th, and, or they're going to pick 10th, and it's not going to matter, right? They're going to get uh, a, a guy who might play on the second line in the future, which is great, but you can get those guys during free agency for free. Mm. Um, you know, there, there's four game changers at the top of the draft, but, I mean, it's October, yeah. right? Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of time for the Canucks to mess this up in either yeah. direction so right you know I, I i i've decided to try to be as just neutral as possible and ride the wave and not get my hopes up so going back to what rutherford said do you think the canucks should enter into a true rebuild and do you think canucks fans are mature and patient enough to watch it happen they absolutely are. Uh, there's nothing you can do right now, though. Like, what do you do to enter a rebuild here? Yeah. Who are you? Like, the obvious ones are Horvat and Besser, right? Because yep. Horvat's UFA, and, and, and then you got, you got Besser as well, um, being sort of, you know, maybe a guy who has some value. Um, 
But I mean, what are you? At, or you're you're not doing that now, right? Because it's a flat cap. Teams are most teams are capped out. Yeah. Um, you know, so are you're likely waiting till the trade deadline? A lot of time for this team to sort of turn it around and be at least in a reasonable spot, as in like eleventh in the West, um, maybe tenth in the West if we're being optimistic. And I, I just, you know, in this flat cap environment, I mean, there's there's almost nothing you can do, right? I, it looks like maybe the cap goes up three million next year, right? That's possible mm-hmm. if all the escrow get paid gets paid off this year. Yeah. Um, and maybe they can start to to make some moves in the off season, but I mean, you know, we were, uh, you know, a month ago we were talking about this team's window being two or three years down the line. So what are we? Are we back to six, seven? Is is that what we're doing here? Because uh, right. you know, I I get that we can be patient, and it's probably the best option, um, because you know you don't want to be a middle of the pack team forever. Because basically, what the Canucks have ended up at right now, um, if we take these seven games as what they are, so you know, mm-hmm. I I genuinely I don't know what you can do at this point. Yeah, and Justin says Aquilini won't allow for a rebuild, obviously. I mean, that's what we think. And then Gio Reber says the rebuild really should have started when Linden called for it, and that led to his ultimate dismissal when Aquilini and Benning kind of teamed up on him. (laughs) Yeah, no, there is is an alternate timeline where the Canucks are very good right now, and Trevor Linden, and maybe they win a Stanley Cup, and Trevor Linden has a statue outside Rogers Arena. Right, that like that's a that is a legitimate alternate timeline. Um, that's not the timeline we are in, unfortunately. I'd love to be in that timeline, um, but you know, it's yep. we've I've started to hear all the same buzzwords. You know, the retool on the fly. Yeah, it's just like I just wince. I just wince. I'm like, no, we've. It doesn't work. It's never worked. It's not worked for anybody. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what Kai said. We cheated on the rebuild. And it's all starting to show now. It's almost impossible to win a cup of you rebuild on the fly. So Kai is agreeing exactly what you just said. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's a, it's just not a good situation. Oh, man. So the last question that we, we can turn over to the people, where do we go from here? Do you just ride it out and see what happens? I guess so. I mean, there's nothing we can do, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But, if, you know, for the Canucks, I mean... Their options really are, you know, you you try to, you know, you, I think we're at the point where something gets flipped, right? Some sort of trade, and it might be a trade that is a net negative for the Canucks, but just has to happen, right? Tanner Pearson's right there, right? He has always been the Jim Rutherford trade piece. Um, I'm sure he's sweating bullets in the room right now. (laughs) Actually, maybe he's looking forward to a trade at this point. Yeah. Playing. Um, you know, I think they do something, shake up the room, and you know, inspire some fear in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Uh, will it be enough? Most likely not. Um, but you know, they got to do something, and then, but yeah, you really can't do much until the trade deadline, and that's maybe selling a guy like Horvat, who's going to be, you know, what twenty seven next year? Is that right? Mm, um, sounds right. And if this if this is a team that now you're, you know. I mean, you have no assets right now coming up. You have like no prospects. You have a couple that you just drafted. Um, You have no assets. You have no cap space. Um, You know, the future is bleak, right? It's not getting much better than than the team that they have right now unless they make some moves. And uh, at at this point, you know, at the trade deadline or in the offseason, they're going to have to try to make some magic happen. You know, interesting. Jarhead says Horvat's gone for sure. Why would he resign with this mess? Yeah, I think I, I think that's a very fair wouldn't you want to go to somewhere who closer to a championship or at least with a plan? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um no I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be looking at staying personally, right? Yeah. Um yeah if I'm Bo Horvat I am I am saying, yeah no I'm I'm good without contract talks for the year. <laughs> um, you know, you can trade me at the deadline, do whatever. Uh, that's not what he'll say publicly, right? He'll say, of you course. know, we're going to try to work this out. And uh, But, yeah, this is a team that it needs a real shakeup. And, you know, why would he want to be a – you know, he wants to be here till you know, maybe they make the playoffs when he's 30, oh, right? Gosh. And we're talking about, you know, a, a player who's played in a handful of playoff games in his career, like two years – or just twice he's made it. Yep. So at this point, you know, he's going to need to uh, – 
you know, why wouldn't you go somewhere else where you're going to get similar money, maybe a little bit less, maybe the same, maybe more, and be a second-line center on a contending team? Yeah. it's uh, yeah, And then we hear this, that there might be cliques in the room, and you, you, it always centers around Miller. Is it Miller versus PD? Is it Miller versus Horvat? Horvat, Miller had to come out and basically debunk all the rumors last year, but who knows if it was actually true. You see Miller fighting with Shen. You see, I don't know, it's... They don't, and people are making the point that even in the, the home opener, Parker, when they, when they were skating out with the introductions with the kids, they don't look like a happy team. They don't look like a close team. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, there's just there's I don't know what it is, but there's something that's just broken, right? Like yeah. There's there's something just wrong with the room that needs to get completely flipped around. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I have Twitter open on the side, and what's yep. trending hashtag Canucks, and then right below this is trending with Bedard. Like that's that's where we're at. You know, we're eight games into the season, seven games into the season. You know, we're we're like 8% into the season. And, you know, we're looking ahead to the draft, which is, you know, nine months from now. That's that's unfathomable. We, we were joking around last year that the Canucks were out of it in the third week of November, fourth week of November. We might be out of it fourth week of October. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it is you know the Canucks were what three three and one after seven games last year. Uh, that's some they were you know they weren't having a great start but they were yep. still in it right. Then they yep. had that big losing streak, which of course they did, and then uh, you know the Canucks are just accelerating the process here. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just uh, yeah, it's just it's just sad. <sighs> so what do you expect when you go down to see? Uh, let's preview the the next two games and then we can we can take some questions. What do you expect in Seattle? We don't even know who the goalie's going to be. Oh, I have I have no expectations going into this game. Yeah. I mean, the, how are the Kraken doing? They're three three and two. What? Um, yeah, they're three three and two. I think they won tonight um, over the Sabers five one. What? Um, they beat the Avs a few nights ago too. So I mean, they're they're playing pretty well. Um, I think they're basically on par with the Canucks right now. I mean, they're playing better, obviously. Um, I bet the Canucks are ahead after two and then the third period, you know, we'll see how, how much they can prevent any more bleeding. You know, if they're up by three going into the third period, I'm feeling okay. Anything less. And I am scared. (laughs) Want to give a shout out to Twisted Rister, wonderful vlogger out of the States. Uh, you know, knows his San Jose Sharks, knows the Pacific Division. It says, I think the Canucks locker room is divided between who wants Bedard, who wants Fantilli. <laughs> there should be no division there. You got to go for Bedard. But yeah, no, that is. <laughs> that, that's good. Welcome. Point. Welcome, Nick. That's awesome. That's awesome. Glad you're here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, back home to play Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh obviously is the team that uh, all this change started with. December 5th last year. I was at that game. It was ugly. You were there too, right? Yep, it was December 4th last year. December 4th, because everything happened on the 5th. Yes. It was ugly. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a bloodbath, and maybe it's an omen. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's round two. Um, yeah, they the Penguins saw the first jersey go on the ice, and, and that's when the, the change was made. Um, yeah, this, this seems just like a, one of those classic ones that the Canucks <laughs> are just going to get run out of the building. Um, yeah, the Penguins are really good. Uh, they're four, two and one so far this year and, and they are, you know, they're, they have a a heck of a hockey team. Uh, I have, I have no doubt really that Pittsburgh's going to win this game. Although if it does feel like the one, if the Canucks are going to break a slump, it would be hilarious if this is the one that they, you know, they, they just crush the penguins, crush them seven, one. It doesn't feel very likely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've seen posts. Parker on Twitter on on vloggers channels. I'm not sure you're getting it on a, a your channels, but people across the league are is, is they're not even laughing at us anymore. They actually feel yeah. bad. They actually feel bad for the Canucks. Yeah. No, I listened to I listened to Wyshynski's hit on Halford and Ruff this morning. What did he say? The basically the same thing. They asked him like, "What's the perspective from like the national point of view?" Right, as an ESPN writer. And he's like, yeah, it's not even morbid curiosity at this point. It's just morbid. Like, oh. everyone's just like, you know, you're looking at it like, what is going on over there? Like, everyone just wants them to get a win. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what we want, too. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the, the Penguins are going to come in off, uh, 
off a nice little two nights of rest coming in. Uh, they they played tonight. They don't play till Friday in Vancouver. Great. Um, so it just feels you know they'll probably they'll probably fly into Vancouver tomorrow if not tonight, yeah. Yeah. and have a nice couple of relaxing days here. And we should go find them and do something to them. We should go pull the fire alarm. <laughs> All right. I think we got to take more drastic measures than that. I think we should uh, uh, glue Crosby's food to his mouth. I don't know why. Well, we could, we could, um, we just got to mess with Crosby's superstition, right? What's his so, superstition? Well, he's just, he's, I don't know. He's very superstitious. So we just, okay. we just go and we change his 87 to like a 97 or something. Yeah, let's do that. And yeah. then that'll mess him up for sure. Okay. And then for the rest of the guys, we just, I don't know, ask them to take it easy on us. Yeah. I think that with I think baseball the... bats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to the Pittsburgh game? Or are you actually taking? Oh no, you're in Seattle no. still. No, I'll be in Seattle. Right. Uh, okay. Well, I'll re- you know, I thought they'd win last night because Canucks after dark was there together. Well, not together, but sort of. I heard you saw some other people. I asked, was looking for you after the game, but I'm not sure if you took off right away. Yes, I did take yeah. off right away. I had to catch the yeah. train. Right. Um, right. 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 Yeah. But I thought they were going to win, and then we could we could say, you know, it's because we were both there, and then we can ask the Canucks to give us tickets to all the remaining home games because they always win when we're there, but alas. Yeah, I would have a tough time with that argument. Yeah, me too. I just But we to... did say, we did say the two negatives should make a positive. And we did say that. Out. Um, apparently <laughs> two negatives we were adding, not multiplying, so it was... So yeah. what, An- what, Andrew's going to Seattle too? What, what's this guy doing? Is he following you around? I know apparently, you saw him. Yeah. Yeah, he finds me in the concourse last night. Uh, just trying to follow me to Seattle. Uh, all right, see you there. One of your many fans. One of your fans. Uh, last ten to twelve minutes. Should we go to the people? Let's go to the people. Let's right. let's have a nice little group therapy session. A <laughs> hundred and fifty strong group therapy session. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with Twister Rister saying, fellas, yep. how much do you attribute the goals against to Demko's play versus the defense's play? Here's my Vesna pick. Well, your Vesna pick is not doing too great. But thank you um, for the confidence. Uh, let's, I want your, your take on this first. Yeah, I say it's defense, but I'm not looking at the six blue liners. I'm looking at team defense. I really am. So, uh, special teams issues aside, when the Canucks give up goals and you just look at the two goals in 37 seconds yesterday, it's not simply a, an overmatched blue line, which they are. But it's also, I know we talked about PD getting beat to a puck or a bad pinch by this guy. So it's it's team defense. And it even starts before that, I think, Parker. I think it, it starts with their inability to get the puck out of their zone. So they basically don't have any dangerous attack and they get counterattacked so often and so easily. Yeah, I think we're at the point where Demko has played like a very average, if not yep. slightly. He has not played at thatcher demko level right? Right, right so that is part of it if thatcher demko was being thatcher demko of you know the bubble or even of, of last year this team has a couple wins under their belt uh he has been just average so far the problem is i mean you look at all of you look at so many of these goals and just how high danger all these chances are yeah and there are chances that you know sometimes good goalies will make the save right uh, which Demko hasn't been doing, but a lot of these times, you know, it's it's just a backdoor pass to a wide open net or a three on zero in overtime, which they didn't score on. But there's so many of these opportunities that are just, you know, they're no win scenarios for the goalie. Um, so it's a bit of both. Again, for me, it's it's mostly on the defense, though. You know, they're allowing these these high danger chances that are just, you know, you can't even put in it measures of expected goals on them because they are just their goals every time yeah. because you know they're they have they have a wide open net by the time the puck gets to them you think demko's frustrated what uh, frustrated or i don't know he'll, he'll never blame his teammates he'll always say he's yeah. got to make the save but what he must be thinking what else can i do i can't score goals for this team yeah i think he knows he needs to be better but yeah. i think he I'm, I'm sure in the back of his mind he also knows well, better gets us to, you know, a, a 500 team right now, if not worse, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe we have two wins instead of zero if I'm if I'm playing at, at my level. Yeah. Um, you know, does it change that Sabres game? No, right? Yeah. But yeah, a couple yeah. of those third period ones, right, makes a couple of miraculous saves, and, and those turn into wins. Yeah, so we that's... Need, more, need yeah. more Scorpion saves. Kai says this, any thoughts on experimenting guys like Podkolzin or Garland on the PK? It can't get any worse, and I really think Podkolzin... 
has the potential to be a decent penalty killer in the future. Canucks are going to get the puck out of the zone. Yeah. Like it, it's really like that has been their, their biggest struggle. Um, and yeah, part of that is winning a battle and getting the puck out of the zone. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, guys like, you know, Patterson on the, on the penalty kill, I think have been good. Um, you know, you're always going to have Bo out there because he can win a face off more often yep. than not. Yep. Um, but I mean, I'm fine with trying absolutely anyone at this point because yeah. it's not working. It didn't work all of last year, right? Nothing has changed. They were, you know, in the sixties for the majority of last year, if not lower. And then this year, I don't even know what they're at. Um, but I imagine it is here. I can find it really fast. I'm, I'm going to guess low to high. I'm going to guess 62. It's worse than that. It is 57.1%. Oh, my God. That's like my accounting grades. That's horrible. Yeah, it's not ideal. Um, oh. Yeah. And so actually, that's, that's a great. Problem. Yeah, and that's a great segue. Irvin says this. Are we underestimating the departures of Brad Shaw and Maholcha before that? And Japan says, yeah, Brad Shaw leaving was huge. He, he left for another coaching job, but it wasn't head coach, right? He went somewhere else. I don't remember. Yeah, but uh, he's, he I was good. keeping track. I loved when he, whenever he talked on the on Sportsnet 650. I, I love what he had to say all the time. Yeah, he's an associate coach for the Flyers right now. Um, oh, but yeah, man. Yeah, he was good. I, I liked uh, he, the power play. Seemed to, penalty kill seemed to get better at when he took over from Scott Walker. Unfortunately, was sick. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, the penalty kill is just abysmal. Like it's actually impressive that it can be that bad. Like that you can get scored on. In a two-minute span, I don't yep. care how many guys they got on the ice. You know, yep. it's only it's only one more player, and there's and they're scoring half the time. You know, they're scoring every four minutes of power play time, basically less, I guess, because the ones they score they get cut off. So like, <laughs> let's say okay, every three minutes of power play time you're getting scored on. Yeah, like you know that's that's just terrible. Yeah, you're right. And when they don't win a face off, that's 15, 20 seconds that you're not killing. That's that's massive obviously yeah. there's teams that haven't allowed you know the islanders haven't allowed a power or yeah power play goal yet what right in six games how many have we allowed a lot <laughs> almost all of them i i don't have the number here okay um, okay but yeah no it's uh it's dire here's a great question from true sight uh i i don't think it's safe to say miller's back in the market but let's talk about your second your second point will management ego be unable to admit obvious mistakes Miller's no trade doesn't move uh, kick in until next season, Parker. But there's yeah, yeah. yeah not. You can't move him now, right? With you, you, maybe at the trade deadline you might be able to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I saw. You know. Again, they asked Greg Wyshynski about this, and often brought this morning. Uh, and Ruff was very like, "Well, does he even have any value right now?" Mm-hmm. And. Greg Wyshynski was very of the mind of like, of course he does. Like yeah, he's, yeah. he's still, you know, a very good hockey player. He's had yeah. a couple of bad games. Uh, his contract is not great, but also not that egregious. Like there will be someone out there willing to willing to spend that, but you know, they're not getting, you're probably not getting an insane return. Um, so you got to think, you know, and this is the conversation that I had and why I was on the trade Miller camp you know, up until the trade deadline last year and, and all off season of what's more valuable to you, JT Miller or $8 million a year of cap space and all of the assets that you get for trading JT Miller and then yep. using that cap space to go find someone else. Ideally, that's probably a little worse than JT Miller, but you have all those other assets to make up for it. Yeah. Um, now those assets are a lot lower. Um, but if we're talking about a team that's not going to be good this year and who knows when they're going to be good, I mean, what's the point in having JT Miller around? Miller or Horvat? You think there, there's a world that sees both of them here next year? Miller and no. Horvat, I should say. No, no, no. I, I, I see no world where they're both here. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of them, I, I, like, just the money doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see it. Wow. Well, how's your contract knowledge overall? Miyaza has a good question. Can you retain uh, salary on Miller's current contract, or will retention carry over to his next? I, I think you can retain. Uh, on the next one as well. I don't want to even get into that though. I mean, what yeah. the Canucks are going to retain? How much of you know? How much of eight million for the next seven years for a right. player not playing for them? They're just freeing themselves of 
they wow. just freed themselves of Luongo cap recapture. Now they're free. They'll free themselves of Holt Beaver Tannen. Yeah, they'll free themselves Pullman. of OEL oh, in five yeah, or six years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's what Jarhead said. When should we buy out OEL? That's a real anchor. Usually you shouldn't buy out until the last year, but. Yeah, I haven't seen the buyout calculator um, yeah. for uh, for a guy like OEL. Uh, I'm sure I can pull it up pretty quick here if I buy out current contract. Um, so if they bought him out next offseason, uh, he would be uh, on the cap for about two point something-ish a year Four. for the next for the eight years oh. instead of the four years that were left on the contract. So he's only has four years left on the contract after this season. Uh, so basically five years as of right now. Um, so it would save a total of $10 million over, you know, the course of it. Okay. Wow. Not a wow. great, you know, that's, that's still, you know, you're still paying the guy $20 million to not play for you at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Francesco would love that. Clay says, who do you think would be the next captain if Bo leaves? Uh, it's Patterson. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, if he stays. Yep. Yeah, I don't think it's... I, I think, you know, the the Swedish captain worked once. Uh, <laughs> I think he's got a bit more swagger now. Uh, I think he would be totally fine in yep. that role. Yeah, better than a goalie captain. Yeah, probably. That didn't work out Spencer so Martin for captain. <laughs> yes that's true oh man japan best there's a plug yeah it's been great um yeah. I, I think he does a lot of you know to pull a little louis phrase out, i think he does a lot of little things well like i think is you know he's always in the right place and and i think he's a pretty smart player yeah um but you know his his job is to score goals and you know that clearly has not been happening um, but I mean, he's not even playing right now, so right, right. Oh man, there's just so many crazy things happening with this team right now. Yeah, and none of them are good. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we I was I was looking forward to you know a fun season of of a competitive hockey team and you know at least a push. You know, at least be interesting yeah. all year. And man, it really isn't. Yeah. Okay, fans, uh, fans, viewers, put in the chat. What do you think is going to happen in the next two games? The next time Parker and I get together next week, yeah, they're only playing two games, Thursday and Friday. How many points are the Canucks going to get out of their Thursday date in Seattle and their Friday home date with the Pittsburgh Penguins? Is it zero? Is it one? Is it two, three, or four? Parker, what do you say? I think the safe bet is two because I think that could be two overtime losses. Yeah. I think that could be a win against Seattle. Right. And I think that's kind of... I, I think it's either one or two. Yeah. Is most likely. Yeah, that's fair. I the positive yet very unrealistic side. I would love three. I'd love to beat Seattle and then take a point away from Pittsburgh or from that game. But yeah, I think in my heart of hearts, I gotta say two. I can't you can't look at this team realistically and say that it's gonna be more than two. Yeah. Well well at least I can't, yeah. So the Canucks have seventy five games to go. <laughs> they need to win. Like 45 of them. You have to play at last year's pace under after Boudreaux for the rest of this year. Yeah, and they have to do it in more games. So, yeah, it's tough. Uh, it doesn't look great. But, folks, thank you very much for hanging out with us tonight. <laughs> uh, we'll be back likely next Monday. Yep. Um, if you missed out on any part of the show, you can rewind back to the beginning. You can find it on your favorite podcast platform. As always, uh, Clay will be doing uh, another 30 minutes show after this so yeah in about, in about 10 minutes yeah i gotta go wake so up you can you can, I mean, you can hop over to that afterwards thank you play any parting words for the night well parker you are going to represent connects after dark in seattle thank you i will be there on friday night against pittsburgh i'll be bringing my lovely wife gail let's get two point if we get three big party next monday on connects after dark yeah <laughs> what do you say because that means we have to win at least I'm one of the in. two games okay and i'll i'll bring the I don't know. I've got a I've got a slide whistle that I can pull out for the celebration. Okay. And then I'll wear. Um, I better be careful what I commit to. I'll do something fun if the Canucks because it'll be Halloween. It'll be Halloween. Oh yes, we have to dress up as sad hockey fans. 
Oh, by the way, before we go, I'm not sure you saw Thomas Trance talk about a guy wearing a bag over his head. Oh, yes. did you see him? I saw the photos. I know who that guy is. Uh, not That's that great. It, yeah, and uh, I was texting with him, and he, he usually doesn't swear, and he just says, I'm sick and tired of this. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Absolutely but that will that will be my costume. I don't know about you. I'm not here to judge, but that won't be my costume. That's fair. All right, folks. Thank you very much for joining us. Have a lovely rest of your week. And we'll talk to you next time.